Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Scott McGregor at Scott Trades on Twitter. This is the Hot Wallet Podcast. I'll be honest, it's been a long, brutal bear market in both stocks and crypto. The only real trade has been inflation is going higher and the U.S. dollar is driving everything lower, except gas prices. The Canadian dollar has been crushed. The euro has been crushed. The British pound has been crushed. It's really hard to find alpha in this market these days. And any real rally has been short-lived. This never-ending narrative has really caused me to have burnout in producing podcasts, doing interviews, and honestly, just showing up every day to try and trade this market. Not because I don't like what I do. It's just that the narrative hasn't changed. There's nothing to talk about. We are at the mercy of central banks, jacking up the cost of borrowing at the fastest rate in human history, trying to cover up their mistake of pouring trillions of dollars into the market and making everything more expensive. When interest rates are high, risk assets suffer. It doesn't matter if it's a tech stock like Apple or a digital asset like Bitcoin, especially when there's quote-unquote safer yield available through a treasury yield instrument of some kind. So it's been very boring, to be honest, and we've been waiting for something to happen. We saw a major drop in volatility of Bitcoin. In fact, at one point, Bitcoin was less volatile than the S&P 500. That was up until this week. We saw one of the biggest blowups in crypto history with the insolvency of the FTX exchange. Today, FTX and their 100 plus subsidiaries filed for chapter 11 bankruptcy. And CEO Sam Broke Manfred is likely going to jail for mishandling user funds and accounts to cover up other losses in different areas of his business. Now, this isn't because of technology. It's not because of Bitcoin. It's not because other key tokens that may or may not have real use cases. This is one person's actions trying to take control of an industry by lobbying against competitors, creating a token, and collateralizing loans against it while lying to investors, users of his platform, the public, and agreeing to regulations in order to gain favor through politicians using lobbying and donating. This is a dark cloud over crypto. Let's make no doubts about that. This will be long-lasting. And I can't state enough that it's important to take your assets off of exchanges and use caution when investing in this space. This is not a game. It's real money. And while Lambo Moon Boys, like the one we heard about on the Dean Blundell Show in Ontario, go to jail, this is a great reminder that real investing takes time and hard work. And that's why I've never shilled any garbage coins. I always just say it's a space that I personally want to be in 
and you should do your own research. So let's talk about what happened with FTX. But before we do, I really want to take a step back right to the beginning with Sam Bankman-Fried. I want to tell you where he came from, how he got started, and how up until just a couple of days ago, he was one of the richest people in crypto. Sam went to school at MIT. He started a quant trading firm called Alameda Research in 2017. Alameda Research is a prop trading firm, and he actually left a prop trading firm and basically created a new one. He started making money in Bitcoin doing an arbitrage trade in 2018 based on the price difference of Bitcoin between the United States of America and Japan. Bitcoin in Japan was selling for a higher price than it was in America. So starting with only $200, he started buying Bitcoin in America, actually going to Japan and selling it there. And at one point was moving about $25 million a day. And with a nice big spread like that, he was making about a million bucks every day of the week because Bitcoin trades 24-7. Then in 2019, he founded and created FTX, a very slick-looking crypto trading platform. Within a few years, FTX becomes one of the biggest trading platforms in the world. In 2020, they raised about $900 million at an $18 billion valuation. And you've probably heard of some of their investors like SoftBank, Sequoia Capital, the Ontario Teachers Union, and even the family office of Paul Tudor Jones. We also see competing exchanges like Coinbase Ventures and Binance get involved. In 2022, they raise more money, another $400 million at a $32 billion valuation. They have celebrity sponsors like Tom Brady, Larry David. He had a big Super Bowl commercial. He signed deals with Major League Baseball. They named the arena in Miami. I mean, FTX was the next big thing and everyone was coming in. Sam was a frequent face on CNBC, and he's rubbing shoulders on Capitol Hill, working directly with regulators to help create regulations for Bitcoin, crypto, and other digital assets. Sam even hired a handful of former commissioners of the Commodity Future Tradings Commission. So it looked on the outside like they were aligning themselves with the right investors and the right regulators, and they were going to be a major player, along with Coinbase, Binance, and Gemini. However, behind the scenes, some pretty shady things were going on. It turns out FTX, Sam Bankman-Fried, were lobbying to kill certain aspects of DeFi that would end up blocking and harming some of their competitors. So basically, you could do some DeFi, but it would be illegal unless you did it through FTX. There's also some shadiness going on between FTX and the former head of Binance US as he was caught leaking data about Binance to FTX. We started seeing some negative articles come out specifically about Binance. And so there was some speculation that maybe someone was leaking stories to FTX and then FTX was putting these stories out behind a false name and you know, basically trying to get regulators to keep their focus on Binance as the bad guy and keep their focus on FTX as the good guy. 
You may likely remember the Terra Luna debacle that happened earlier this year, where Luna's stablecoin, UST, got attacked. It broke its peg and caused a death spiral on Luna. And some real big investors who were caught in this downfall, a lot of which lost everything. We saw a huge cascade of selling in all cryptos. We saw platforms like BlockFi and Celsius burn to the ground. Voyager Digital gets crushed. And again, a ton of forced selling throughout the market. While all of this is happening, who swoops in to be the white knight? Sam Bankman-Fried. He shows up, starts buying some of these companies at really low valuations, adding them to his balance sheet. Once again, FTX looking like the champion, the solid player. Sam looks like a hero and everything is great. He's on TV again. Jim Cramer's interviewing him. CNBC even does like a half hour, 45 minute special about FTX and him. Then, earlier this month, Coindesk released an article questioning the relationship between FTX the exchange and Alameda Research, Sam's prop trading firm. In the article, it said that a significant amount of Alameda Research's assets were held in FTT, which is the FTX exchange token. It was a lot too. About one-third of the balance sheet for this prop trading firm was held in a token. Now, it's pretty common for exchanges to have tokens. A lot of users will use them to pay fees. If you're an investor, like an investor in FTX would get back, they wouldn't get shares, they would get some of this FTT token. And while all of this is happening, Sam is on Twitter posting every week that he is buying the FTT token. So it looks to investors like he's supporting the FTT token and keeping that on his balance sheet. Now that in turn helps keep the price of FTT at a reasonable level. So he tweet out, it's that time of the week again, not financial advice. And then he'd have a little picture of his screen that would show that he was going to buy, you know, a couple million dollars worth of this FTT token in that day. People started looking into, okay, what's going on here between Alameda Research and FTX? Then we had some other people look on chain to see if FTX actually held all of the amount of assets that they said that they held. Because if you're an exchange and you don't have the assets, if people start taking money off of the exchange, well, that's not good because then you don't have any money to run your operations. And that's one of the great things about cryptos. You can look on chain. And so people started doing this and they noticed, oh, wow, that's strange. FTX's exchange wallets were dropping in value pretty quickly. And we saw Alameda start to take money off of other exchanges and send those to FTX. Then this past weekend, the CEO of Binance, CZ, gets word and tweets out that he has about $2 billion worth of this FTT token. And he wants to sell it. But don't worry, he's going to do his best not to crash the market over the next couple of months. Uh-oh. If you are someone who is an active trader and you know you have a $2 billion whale coming to the sell side, what are you going to do? Wait? No, of course, you're going to sell your assets. And so we ended up seeing a big wobble in the price of FTT. It kind of ran up a bit and then whoosh, down it goes. One of the things that CZ said in his note as well is that he didn't like the idea of someone lobbying 
behind his back. And he said he's learning from Luna. What is that implying? So what happens? The Coindesk article loads the gun and CZ fires his shot. Sam goes on the defense, tweets out in a now deleted thread. Everything is fine. FTX is fine. We have all the assets. The CEO of Alameda Research tweets out to CZ and says, hey, we'll buy all the FTT you want at $22. Huh, that's strange. Why would you give a specific price? Now, that $22 level evidently was very important because what had happened is FTX had given their sister company, Alameda Research, loans collateralized by this FTT token. And the value of the loan is derived in U.S. dollars. And so if the value of the collateral goes down, all of a sudden, you have a bad loan. It's lopsided. Then you get margin calls, etc. And so what happens is Alameda Research and FTX start selling off some of their assets to absorb the selling of this FTT token because you have active investors shorting FTT and then you have CZ dumping his $2 billion bag on the market. And we ended up seeing a huge cascade of selling across the sector. Now, Sam Bankman-Fried and FTX have been big proponents of the Solana blockchain. And Solana at one point was down 40% on the day as it was assumed that not only people were shorting Solana, betting against Sam and FTX, but also just the selling that Alameda Research would have done. We also saw a big drop in Robinhood stock as Sam was likely trying to raise cash by selling off his 8% stake in Hood. Then all of a sudden, FTX announces that they are stopping users from being able to withdraw their money. Now, this is important because there's rarely any coming back from this. In fact, we saw BlockFi do that today. Now, I'm someone who has followed this company for a while. You know, I saw the money that they raised. I've seen their celebrity endorsements, their commercials. I thought there was no chance that these guys would go insolvent. Like this was a 1% probability in my notebook. I mean, how could they? I see their logos on TV, on F1 cars and Major League Baseball. CNBC calls Sam the white knight of crypto. I mean, there's no chance. Then CZ from Binance tweets out that there's a liquidity crunch at FTX and that FTX has reached out to Binance for help. They sign a non-binding letter of intent to buy FTX based on their due diligence in the coming days. Now, this gave us a sense that FTX was going to be okay. Oh, good. CZ is coming in. He's going to save the day. Shortly later, Binance kills the deal, says there's too much damage for even them to come in and save them. Sam Brokeman Freed comes out and says they're looking for about $10 billion. Now, I'm doubtful that's going to happen. This shocked everyone. Even Anthony Scaramucci, who I've interviewed on this podcast, who had amazing things to say about Sam Bankman-Fried, was surprised. He ended up going to the Bahamas to see Sam on Tuesday afternoon to see if he could help, to see if there was something that he could do to save FTX. He ended up booking a flight and leaving that evening because there was nothing to do. 
And what makes this situation worse is that Alameda not only was a prop trading firm, but was also a major market maker, which means they have tokens all over the place and could potentially be selling those tokens to raise money. There's also a multitude of companies that FTX either bought or invested into FTX. And so the contagion from what's happening right now could be felt for a while. There's never just one cockroach. Some investors like Sequoia Capital have written down their loss on FTX to zero while humble bragging that they're actually doing pretty good this year. Others, however, may not be so lucky. So is this the end of crypto? Are we done? Should I cancel the podcast? I highly doubt it. Most of the best developing talent in the world from the best schools in the world, like MIT, are leaning into blockchain. Blockchain isn't going anywhere. Even JP Morgan have their own internal blockchain that they use. So as much as Jamie Dimon may come out to say he hates Bitcoin and all this stuff, the genie is already out of the bottle. As an active investor, it means a few things. Not your keys, not your coin. It's best to custodian your assets in cold storage, like a ledger or a treasure wallet or a non-custodial digital wallet with your seed phrase kept in a safe place. If you are trusting a third party with your asset, you better make sure they're not using those assets as leverage in other parts of their business. And if you're still interested in Bitcoin, crypto, Ethereum, whatever, do your research. Know what you own and why you own it. Probably not a good time to own a doggy coin that has no real use case. This story will continue to evolve and there's likely more hell to come. But even after all of this, I'll be honest, crypto is still super exciting and interesting to me. Now, it may not be a great time to invest, but it sure is great theater. So I hope that's helpful. I appreciate you being here. Thank you for subscribing to the Hot Wallet Podcast. I'll see you soon. Once a dog, always a dog, so they don't ask questions. and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know? And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. 
Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.